These differences could be put aside, but my next guest has his doubts. Andrew Yang was a fascinating presidential candidate in 2020, among the most fascinating I ever had a chance to talk to because he spoke outside the dots. He, he united a lot of Republicans and Democrats with ideas that didn't stick with labels. But the problem in this environment is we tend to stick with labels. Uh, Andrew Yang joins us right now, the former uh, presidential candidate in 2020, got an enormous amount of buzz, ran for New York mayor, didn't win, uh, but he quit the race when it was looking like he wouldn't, rather than drag things out. I'm delighted to have him right now. Andrew, good to have you. Neil, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, what do you make of, of, you know, we've always had bickering within parties. That's not new. I don't want to overstate it, but it seems like they're poles apart uh, within each party. And I'm just wondering whether the Democratic Party, did you quit on it or did it quit on you? <laughs> well, there are a couple of things going on that Americans sense around us, Neil. First, polarization between the parties is at record highs. Uh, and it, it's driving political stress and anxiety, making Americans feel like our, our fellow uh, countrymen aren't uh, even like, on the same page or, or in the same nation. And then within each party, you have a couple of factions that, in my view, ought to comprise separate parties instead of trying to, to have them under the same tent, where if you had a genuine multi-party system in America, in my view, there'd be five parties. There'd be progressive Democrats, moderate mm -hmm. Democrats, a group of centrists, moderate Republicans, and then conservative Republicans. And I'm going to suggest that that, that system would actually work better because you'd have much more, more like a parliamentary system where parties then have to form alliances to get power. Of course, I'm going too far there, but is the problem that the two-party system as we know it is just getting a little long in the teeth? It really is. And if you go way back, Neil, to our founding fathers, they never would have wanted a two-party system. John Adams said two parties would be a great evil. Yeah. George Washington was anti-partisan in his farewell address for good reason. The two-party system is an invention that now has run its course, but we haven't been able to move on from it, even though we can see that it is now working and has not been working for quite some time. But you know, I was thinking that when you were coming there, there are inflection points where it's deemed the two-party system fails and a new party emerges at the time of Abraham Lincoln, what became known as the Republican Party, but it's rare. Why is it so rare? It's rare because the duopoly suppresses all competition. <laughs> if you're yeah. an independent, right now, independents outnumber Republicans or Democrats by the numbers in this country. Let's say you're a libertarian. If you try and contest uh, a particular race, you find yourself shut out. There are these primaries that control the process where it disenfranchises literally millions of Americans. 10% of Americans are right now deciding 83% of races, which means the other 90% wow. of us are on the outside looking in. You had the trouble, too, not being a well-financed candidate, so you took on sort of like you were like a brush fire. Took on. People were really intrigued by you. But the system has in its place the, the moneyed candidate tends, not all the time, but I'd say like 99% of the time, to have the edge in an Iowa and then a New Hampshire, and before you know it, it's a fait accompli. Now, it was a little different for Joe Biden where he got his act together, I think, in South Carolina. But is it the structure of the primary system that does it, or is it just the way it's evolved? 
The primary system does advantage certain candidates. And in the Democratic Party, you can tell that there, there is a bit of a thumb on the scale being applied from folks in D.C. very often. The Republican Party is actually a little bit more open where whoever wins the most votes uh, ends up in, in Washington. But you saw it with the way that the DNC sandbagged Bernie uh, in both of the last cycles, they weren't like, oh, let the voters decide. It was more like, let, let's try and have the right candidate win. But Bernie might be getting the advantage, right? I mean, he, the rap you hear against Joe Biden is he campaigned as a moderate, but progressives are calling the shots, and Bernie Sanders is, is leading the parade. Do you agree with that? Well, again, in my view, the Democratic Party should probably be two separate parties at, at this point. And you can see the tensions within them. And you can say, well, trying to get them in the same tent might facilitate them working together. In my view, the real problem is that there are a number of moderate Republicans who would support aspects of, for example, the infrastructure package, but because of political pressures, that there is such a fissure that if they cross over, then they wind up getting criticized by Trump, uh, even though historically the Republican Party has been for rebuilding bridges and roads. Yeah, in fact, I remember distinctly President Trump wanting a Wanted two, to rebuild bridges and roads. Right, a two to three trillion, they want to go big, and now he's criticizing this plan that was a third of that. But be that as it may, he might um, run again, looks like he is, and he might win. What do you think of that? I think that Trump is probably the going to be the Republican nominee. Uh, and I think that Joe Biden is probably going to be the Democratic nominee. Uh, and I, I'm going to suggest that a lot of Americans might want something a little bit different, uh, that this might not be a movie you wanted the sequel <laughs> to. Where, where Godzilla is Rodan kind of deal? Oh well, yeah, I mean, it's pretty similar to the first movie, at least, you know, from, from the well, beginning. Why don't third party candidates, I, I remember you and I chatting during the break, there were a lot of people, I remember, who, watched you and, and marveled at you in debates and you were very skillful I said you know I'd vote for him but you know it's a, is it a wasted vote is it does he get have really a chance and I always thought if people who actually thought that voted that way it would be a different thing just as when we've had third-party candidates in presidential races remember John Anderson in 19 80, I guess it was, you know, I like him, but he doesn't have a chance. Or uh, whether you like or dislike a Pat Buchanan, I like him, but he doesn't have a chance. Uh, Ralph Nader, like him, doesn't have a chance. That if more and more people thought that that person was on equal footing, it would be different. It's one reason I appreciate you so much, Neil, because a lot of that happens in the media. And, and I think the most prominent recent example was Ross Perot in 92, got 19.3% right. of the vote. The way we make this happen in real life right now in the United States of America is shift to nonpartisan open primaries so that anyone can run for any position. You can vote for anyone you want and have a process that gets rid of this spoiler effect, where right now the cudgel that gets used is, well, if you vote for this person, it's gonna screw it up for this person. Right, exactly. And so that's an archaic voting system that we use, the plurality voting system. If you shift to something more modern, like for example, ranked choice voting, then you can vote for whomever you want. You can lead with the libertarian and then put the Republican second, and then no one can accuse the libertarian of messing anything up. All it takes is just a modernization of the voting system, which is what my party the forward party is now championing. This is a movement to enable independents to have a seat at the table. And to get everyone in. You know? Free thinking, innovative, and totally open-minded. Tommy Nation Politics.
totally open-minded new progressive media guys that's me tommy nation politics reach out to us on facebook if you want facebook.com slash tommy nation politics if you want to send us messages we will always respond to you especially if you don't you know you ad hominem attacks you use logical fallacies it's easier to uh you know talk to people who don't use logical fallacies that way we can reason together and out of many one common good guys reaching for the common good is what all of us Americans should be aspiring to do. Instead, guys, we have made a society of uh, idolatry and um, it's not a very nice world to live in when money is the, the root of all evil. It's also the God of the United States of America. We're capitalists before we're anything else. Also, we seem to have incorporated the celebrity or the, uh, the riches of celebrity now that they have, because they have money, they have uh, fame, and they have esteem. They have now a uh, status of gods. Like back in the old days, people couldn't read scrolls, only the scribes could. So the scribes uh, wrote for the pharaohs. And... Um, the pharaohs wrote in their scrolls that they were gods. I mean, if you were to question them, well, could you read the scrolls from the scribes? No, you couldn't. So I guess you better just obey the law, but I guess you better comply, be a good citizen. No questioning the government of these places, right? No, uh, no uh, dissent, only compliance. And that's what, that was called a totalitarian uh, government, or it was also called a monarchy. It's called a great many things through history, guys, but it's nothing even remotely supposed to happen like that in the United States of America. This was supposed to be a break from monarchy and dictatorships. It was supposed to be a government ruled by the people, by the people, for the people. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, promote the general welfare, secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Guys, bad news. We seem to have let the political class have our country. We seem to have let go of our political and American birthright, the birthright of our inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We seem to have let that go and traded it all for security. I mean, it might have been a good idea if these leaders that we gave our freedoms, liberties, and birthright to were good people, or had principles or values. Sadly, George Washington warned us against political parties, guys. George Washington said very, very specifically, political parties were a bad idea. And... um during his farewell address, before he died, 1791, he made a long speech to Congress and to the people of the United States in order to beg them, beg them to, to not go down this road. And uh, we did not listen. We listened actually for a little bit. For a little bit, the political parties were actually governing according to our wants and according to our, you know, a will. 
But uh, as the neoliberal policies rolled on into Reagan, and the uh, good people were sent to wars to die for uh, newly industrialized elitist oligarchs. As the truth became spin and uh, mainstream media became conglomerated by the Telecommunications Act of 1996, then slowly but surely, we seem to have, I, I guess, and plus the entitlement of the being of a second world country, because we're not a first world country anymore, of, of the means of having, you know, resources and food and water and shelter at our fingertips. The laziness of that seems to culminate into, I guess, a nationalistic pride, but unbeknownst to uh, the masses, why we became the richest, most greatest country on the face of the earth at one time. That time was in the 1960s and 1970s after the Industrial Revolution. We were the greatest country in the world. We're still the richest. But now, because of our political parties, because of our political parties, guys, we um, we're not we're not the greatest. We're actually tenth in life expectancy, fifth in education, in technology. We're seventh, and um, everything else, guys, is even lower than that. I don't even want to talk about it, guys, because I do have some pride in my country. But the stats don't lie. Statistics and analytics, mathematics, they don't lie, guys. I do trust those things. Those are called absolute truths. Mathematics, it doesn't matter how many uh, Bill O'Reilly's, Rachel Maddow's, Tucker Carlson's, or Anderson Cooper's you get on to talk about 2 plus 2. The end result of 2 plus 2 is 4. That is the answer to 2 plus 2. The answer to our problems of any income inequality, of growing corruption within our government, answers to the equality that real leftists seek and equity. The answer to all opportunities that were given to us by the birthright of the Constitution and the Democratic Republic that the Founding Fathers created from their blood and sweat and tears, sacrificed for no taxation without representation. That would be the, the, the root cause, the root problem, guys, it's not the right or the left. It's, it's the political parties. And it's funny because the answer to the, to the problem that we, we have, we face, in 1791, George Washington had a vision for the United States. It seemed unattainable, guys. Inalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Every man was created equal. In his farewell address, he gave a strong warning to the nation not to create political parties. Don't create alliances within, within those. He said, in time and things, political parties can be potent engines in which unscrupulous men can usurp the reins of government from the power of the people and carve for themselves unjust power from the very engines which brought them to unjust dominion. That was his, uh, that was his 
phrase. I love that. So it was so perfect. It was a prophecy. Prophecy of neoliberal policy. It's just a prophecy of neoliberal policy. I knew you were going to go into the farewell address. He warned against that the two-party system. Right, my man. So, like, that's literally, that was the beginning. That was the first president. The first president of our country who was not partisan. Um, he warned against this. And he literally died without the political parties being in effect. And it wasn't until later on when talking points were invented. It was basically when we decided, you know, we were, France was going to war with Britain. And so were we going to get involved in international wars? Were we going to ha have allies? Were we going to have treaties? We started getting into, involved in international affairs. <clears throat> and then, of course, the age-old fight between Hamilton and Burr and Thomas Jefferson. You had the, uh, the centralized government uh, people. Thomas Jefferson was against. Uh, Hamilton was for. Versus, you know, the other, well, don't have a centralized government, have power of the states. Which is why they created all of these checks and balances. Now, guys, I really have to say that these disagreements that our founding fathers had, they were not only valid arguments, but they helped us become a strong country. A strong country that we could be today. These checks and balances, really, they gave executive order, executive powers to the president, but that could only be applied to federal you know, workers, people in the federal government. And then the states had power over the local because people lived in states and they had the local government was part of the people. It really worked out, guys. The checks and balances were really good. But not only these political parties, guys, erased and gerrymandered local, uh, local governments. Uh, they've also divided us with their rhetoric. And um, they've skewed our uh, principles and values so hardcore to the right i say to the right yes if you have questions about why i say to the right i'm not being biased against the right wing but these um these little attributes of more money and corporate power over the people people's liberty let me tell you guys john locke was a liberal he was a leftist and he came up with life liberty and the pursuit of happiness uh, property. Actually, he came up with property. So, and that was a right-wing principle. Property, hierarchy, station, and class have always been issues that I've had with the right wing. They talk about freedom, but on the other hand, guys, I really honestly believe uh, that they all believe that we all have our little hierarchy. We all have we all have our little part to play, which is some some of it's true, but it's like why. You, you work hard, then you get more money, right? I mean, flying in the face of these principles of you, get, you work hard and then you can be successful, the American dream, which is you have to be asleep to believe it, George Carlin once said. The proof is in the pudding that these two parties don't work at all. In fact, they, ha they had not legislated any bills and since the COVID relief bill, this Infrastructure and Jobs Act was the first bill they had literally passed through the House of Representatives in the Senate and the president signed is the COVID relief bill, which was last year. And so these guys are so lazy that they use bills like the Infrastructure and Jobs Act. They, once, once a bill has to be signed or has to be pushed through like a, an NDAA, a military budget authorization, 
then they all jump on that bill and they try to write in their little provisions and stuff because they can't they don't want to write their own bills so lazy as fuck it's really a sad story guys it's these leaders are not leaders they're parasites parasites to the country they're parasites to our, the people and they use our principles and values guys mockingly to divide us while they take the tax-paying money of the citizens funnel that wealth to the one percent that own more wealth than the bottom 90 percent combined it's a sad story that with the guise of a build back better slogan we had progressive legislation in the house of representatives that was carved by the budget committee chair bernie sanders with uh paid time off medicare expansion paid family leave child daycare things that would help working americans uh, once it got to the House of Representatives, which ha is a Democratic majority, uh, it was all but destroyed and gutted by Nancy Pelosi and the uh, corporate Democrats. I was happy to see that uh, the squad did not cower and uh, give way at the end like they did with the HEROES Act, but they did vote no on the Infrastructure and Jobs Act. Unfortunately, 13 Republicans crossed party lines to pass that Infrastructure and Jobs Act with the Democrats, with the establishment Democrats, giving Joe, Joe Manchin, sorry, Joe Manchin, the real president of the United States, his first and most decisive victory. Now, this is a really sad victory for the American people, guys, because it shows two things very clearly, if you're paying attention. It shows that Joseph Elizabeth Biden, 46th president of the United States, is not only not the leader of the Democratic Party, not only not the leader of the Democratic Party, because he can't even control the Democrats within his own party. So he is not, he said, I am the Democratic Party right now at, at the debates with Donald Trump. Uh, it turns out that Joe Manchin has won more of decisive victories than uh, Joe Biden has. Because Joe Biden's Build Back Better Act has tanked. It's always somebody else's fault when uh, Joe Biden promises to uh, forgive $50,000 of student loan debt. And then when he becomes president, he says he brings it down to $10,000 of student loan debt forgiven. And then when uh, Bloomberg gives him $96,000 last quarter for, well, I don't know. All I can see is the fact that Bloomberg just gave him that money. Then he says, oh, your payments are starting. So... I'm, I'm deducing that he didn't intend to forgive student loan debt in the first place. So if you think that I'm bullshitting that, why don't we check out the evidence? Why don't we check out the fact that A, he tweeted and he promised in the uh, Iowa debates that he was going to forgive $50,000. Why don't you look this up? You think you're bullshitting me? You guys are incredible, I swear to God. You have these people that literally <sighs> talk... They give me whataboutism, what about Trump? Then they bring up a fucking vaccine. And then they say I'm bullshitting. When all they can do is literally reason with their minds. Hey, this guy promised something. He didn't deliver it. That's, um, what do you call that? That's not, um, that's not truthful. That's not honest. That doesn't, that doesn't have integrity in it. That's, that's, that's without, that's without, that's without integrity. But no, what you want to do to me, because you your narrative has been shaken, 
is that you want to say that I'm bullshitting and then you want to bring up something entirely out off the issue and accuse me of being an extreme leftist. When in reality, uh, it's not extreme left principle or idea to, to basically call out the president for not delivering on his campaign promise. That's not an extreme left wing principle. That's a I'm a logical reasoning human being that knows that these politicians are liars. Not only are they liars, but they're also human beings. That, and not only are they human beings, but they also are part of a political party. So, like I said, George Washington, in the place of time and things, political parties will carve from the very, from the very engines, usurp the reins of power from the people, the very engines which brought them to unjust dominion. That was 1791. Was George Washington bullshitting? I don't know, guys. Let me just tell you, however many of you partisan puppets want to start off, I hope some of you have the courage to stick around. After you ask me questions, I hope some of you have the courage to stick around and actually hear the answers. I, I, know, I know why you run away when you ask those questions, because you know that you're actually probably going to get an answer from me. You don't want to hear the truth. It takes courage to stand up to the reactionary mindless masses. It takes courage to have a mind of one's own and resist the flow of mass mainstream manufacturing consent. I know I generate social friction when I do this, but uh, to tell the truth and to be a free thinker, you have to be willing to risk becoming an outcast. You have to be willing to stand for your principles and values. Stand for your principles and values, you have to have them in the first place. So, I want to put this out there to anybody who's listening. Are you someone who doesn't bend to the will of conventional wisdom? Someone who rebels like our founding fathers, one who questions authority? If you are, you come to the right place. This is Tommy with Tommy Nation Politics. And I'm a free thinking, innovative, open minded, new progressive media platform. This is just the beginning of truth, guys. Welcome to the truth. Embrace it. When you do, you're free. The truth will set you free. And the truth, guys, the truth is that democracy is under attack. It's not from an insurrection. It's from Biden's unkept promises, his lies, his political party that has usurped the reins of government of the very engines which brought it to unjust immunity. This puppet of the rich, this lying racist neoliberal warmonger, the man who single-handedly took the Senate Intelligence Committee and brought it hand-in-hand hand with George W. Bush in the War of Iraq, walking us right into a firestorm that destabilized the Middle East and brought untold thousands to their knees and deaths. Senator Joe Biden is now president of the United States, the king puppet of the rich. And with his inflation, with his uh, funneling of the wealth to the billionaires, he's also uh, working on uh, destroying journalism as a whole. His extradition and threatening and lying about Julian Assange should give you pause in itself. Telling the truth about the war crimes and absolute horrendous practices of torture 
that happened in Afghanistan and Iraq and Guantanamo Bay. The journalist responsible Julian Assange and the website responsible WikiLeaks is being it's being it's a once it's a once they're wanted from dictators to governments all over the world from Zimbabwe to Somalia to Libya to African warlords to George to uh to to Joe to Joe Biden WikiLeaks and Julian Assange is wanted for crimes of journalism. Democracy is eroding, guys. Regular Americans are feeling inflation squeeze, but they yet can't get off the addiction of the duopoly political party system. Nearly half, 45% of people say inflation's rising prices cause them to financial hardship. According to the Gallup poll on Monday that was released, basically, 71% of people making under $40,000 a year have experienced hardship with food prices and rent explosions. Some people are living with evictions moratoriums living. And these hardships jeopardize a person's capacity to keep up their current standard of living, guys. Their rents and their housing, their shelter and their food, According to the uh, nearly 1,600 person survey conducted in the Gallup poll earlier this month, many of the investors and consumers uh, that they had cited are bracing for high inflation to stick around. And that means bad news for low-income families. It also means, guys, that there's less budgeting room for low-income families. And it also means that the people that were making the wealth during the COVID pandemic, which were the 1% that own more wealth than the bottom 90% combined, they had tripled their wealth due to all the, the scarcity. You know, they had then, they, they had then tripled their wealth, but the 40, but the people making under $40,000 a year now have to face budget rollbacks, heating costs, and, 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 and massive inflation, and massive high prices in gas and food. Nearly half of Americans say inflation is causing financial hardships, guys. It says 71% of the entire country. 71%. Even the people making above $40,000. The tax bracket goes to $99,000. People are losing assets. They're uh, missing payments. Credit is down. And I thought it was only the uh, national deficit that was being tripled consecutively for two years. Low income survey participants were the most likely to feel inflation's pinch, of course. If you're making under $40,000 a year, that would be correct. Because you don't have stocks, you don't have uh, savings accounts. 80% of every American in this country, we have no health care, we have really no protection from the corporatocracy that runs rampant over the middle class. We don't have health care, we don't have a living wage. All of these things we could have, but the Senate Parliamentarian, but Joe Manchin, but Kristen Sinema. I mean, how many times are you going to really buy these excuses before you realize that these two parties are the same party and they're playing a little game called Pass the Potato. It's called Hot Potato, guys. Hot Potato. Roughly a quarter of the people, 28%, making above $100,000 a year said they were facing inflation woes. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting time, guys. Where this is cutting deep. These uh, little 
I, I, and why is the inflation happening? It's not because of your stimulus checks. It's not because you got $1,200 you got $600 during, during the COVID pandemic. It's because in 48 hours, Congress bailed out the banks, Wall Street, and the military industrial complex. Then they buffered the stock market with government money. So if you think it's a free market, that that is an untruth. That's a myth. That's shit. How could you possibly call a free market a free market if it's literally buffered with government money printed right out of the treasury from Steve Mnuchin, who was a treasury secretary? Steve Mnuchin, he was under Donald Trump. Mr. Biden has Jerome Powell, who is also a Trump supporter. Biden, Biden Joe Biden appointed this guy as the treasury secretary. So it's an interesting ordeal. I have so many examples to give you guys how these two parties are working in tandem. Another example is the Infrastructure and Jobs Act that passed the House and the Senate without the Build Back Better Act. When the squad voted against it, guess what? 13, 13 Republicans crossed the aisle to vote for it. It seems as if infrastructure, corporate, uh, corporate socialism, and uh, government contracts are always a hit. Minimum wage, uh, child care, pay time off, family leave, not hits. Instead of a parliamentarian, Joe Manchin. So uh, the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell is saying it's probably a good time to call it the inflation transit. Whatever that means. But uh, most investors are saying that this inflation is only going to get worse. And that's because we have the problems, guys, that we still face even before we had the inflation, we still have the Democrats and the Republicans. The Democrats and the Republicans. They're, they're the cancer. They're the problem. They're the root cause. And it's incumbent upon all of us to remember how the country is supposed to work. It's supposed to work with three branches of government. It's supposed to work with the executive, judicial, and legislative branches. Checks and balances. Investigating. Checking. And regulating each other but uh, ever since these neoliberal policies have been uh, running rampant since Reagan checks and balances have been skewed alliances have been made between these two parties and it's only an inevitable logical reasoning that these two sides of the same coin that suppress other competition and other political ideas ideology Example, Bernie Sanders. Example, the Green Party. Example, the Libertarian Party. Suppressing them, taking them off the vote, taking them off the ballots. These, uh, these tactics and these alliances are going to inevitably cause a, to a to authoritarian, totalitarian uh, government system within our government. There's no way that even democracy, or what they call democracy, after they've taken our freedoms and substituted it for security and surveillance, there's no way that even the democracy that we uh, perceive could even save us from those things, guys. It's getting to the point where it's so blatantly transparent that these two parties are working in cahoots together to funnel the wealth to the 1% and to create a class, a classist system in which 
it almost mirrors what we rebelled against in, in the past. It almost mirrors a feudalist economy where the king and the nobles own all the wealth and the, the commoners can't, can't hunt it in the king's forest. Hey, thanks for listening to Tommy Nation Politics. We're going to be right back, okay? Best believe I'm not going nowhere. And you better not either. You better stay right there. Stay right there. Stay. Just stay right there. Ignored. Environmentalists. Ignored. Progressives. Ignored. Students. Ignored. The uh, seniors. Ignored. Veterans. Ignored. Factory workers. Ignored. Protection mothers, single mothers, ignored. Couples making under uh, $50,000 a year, ignored. So this is where we're at, guys. And this is what we've created with a duopoly political system that makes, creates a political vacuum. And we have, that's what we have now, guys. We have a political vacuum because we have a suppression of all other ideology but two, and really it's only one. They've long since made, they've long since made an accord with each other, guys. They did a grand bargain, don't forget, with Barack Obama and John Boehner, where the Tea Party was making trouble. When worst comes to worst, guys, these two parties always make an accord with each other. When Bernie Sanders was gonna look like he was gonna win in 2016, guess who made an accord with each other? Two parties are cozy in themselves. They go one top of the other, guys. The For the People Act, which would end gerrymandering and voter suppression, died in the Senate. Well, I'll be, well, I'll be. The minimum wage the Democrats promised to pass in their campaigns, they died with the Senate parliamentarian. Well, I'll be, well, I'll be. The Build Back Better Act, which was supposed to bring family leave, child daycare, paid time off. Well, that died with Joe Manchin. Well, I'll be. Well, I'll be. Seems like um, immigration died. The Senate parliamentarian just uh, took that off the table. It's almost like these two parties don't want anything to fundamentally change. It's almost like these two parties don't want anything to fundamentally change. So Joe Biden's a liar. Is he better than Trump? Well, guys, I know you guys like to do those that whataboutism. You guys like to do that whataboutism. Whataboutism Trump. Whataboutism Trump. It's almost kind of it's almost kind of hilarious because at this point, if you put pros and cons on, in columns between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, you would literally probably realize that um, Joe Biden's at this point a lot worse, and he, his his approval rating shows it. A lot of people are saying that the election was not rigged, but it. Currently and absolutely was rigged. It was? Okay, Donald. Donald, good to have you on the show, Mr. Donald. Uh, how was it rigged? Well, you see, a lot of the dead people started voting, and that makes no sense because they're dead. So how can they vote if they're dead? So how do you how do you have this proof? What is this proof that dead people were voting, Mr. Donald? The proof is in the pudding. It's all over the media. It's all over the news. A lot but of the media, but, but the media is the enemy of the people. The media is the enemy of the people. Remember, Donald. So you don't believe the media, remember? Right, but there's also some media that's good, like Fox News is okay. Oh, Fox News, okay. 
Even Hannity, Hannity's stupid. He's really dude. Yes. Come on. I mean, yeah, yeah. Even you have to fucking admit that. Hannity's a fucking knuckle dragging, mouth breathing lunatic. But um, well, they're all yeah. fucking Democrats. Yeah, I mean, the media is a bunch of fucking Democrats. They are. They're, they're actually the they're the third pillar of the Democratic Party. You have academia. You have uh, fucking uh, Silicon Valley, and then you have Matt. You have the mainstream media. Especially CNN, bro. I bet. I bet Jim Acosta got an office. That, I can tell that you're a Republican because you kind of speak like uh, Ben Shapiro. Shapiro? I'm not a Republican. Yes. It's sad, that you, Republican? Did, it's, sad, it's sad that you didn't listen to my whole sh- show because I've been talking about how these two parties are the same party. Yeah, and you, Mr. Donald, you're actually a distraction. You're actually an entire distraction. They blamed everything on you so they could buffer the stock market with government money. And, and 48 hours bail out the banks, Wall Street, the military industrial complex. In 48 hours at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. And so that was crazy. We had we got $1,200. They're blaming us for inflation when they literally took our tax dollars and buffered the stock market with government money and bailed out Wall Street again. Did you know that? Yes, I was aware of that. It, okay. Well, I don't know how you could not be aware of the fact that you're a fucking Treasury Secretary, Donald. Steve Mnuchin was with Kamala Harris in California foreclosing on people's houses, 2008. Nope, that's not true. During the bailouts. She was the attorney general. She was the attorney general and he was, he had a bank. He literally, she she could have brought charges against him. She did not bring charges against Steve Mnuchin. Why did she do that? Because she got fucked so hard she didn't want to press charges. It's because they're the same party, Donald. You are the same as Joe, that's why. Shut you the are. fuck up. No, I'm not. You're the same as Joe. You're just a fucking piece of shit that's talking bullshit. Would hey, one fucking guess what? participate into your fucking life. You think Joe, you know what you're talking about because you're Joe, talking at the rate hey, of guess what? 10 hours. I can talk about this to and act Joe, like I know the facts too, right? If I talk hey, about this and why was he Republican about doing this with that? I will sound <laughs> positive because, you see, anyone can do that. Anyone can be black. Anyone, anyone can, can do that. You ain't black. black. See, he's Joe. It's Joe. Nope, nope. I said anyone can be black. You ain't black. Look, buddy. Corey Papa's a bad dude. Do that. What? (laughs) Anyway, he 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 got your your stay in Mexico policy. He fucking put it back. It was it's hilarious, bro. He's just like you. I bet you could have gotten out of fucking Afghanistan better though. That was weird. You know, as soon as I you know I thought Joe Biden would have been okay. He wouldn't been that bad. But as soon as he left all of our military equipment in uh, uh, whatever the fuck you call that place, that's right there. I said, this guy's a fucking idiot. Yeah, I mean, really fun. Like my you five-year-old know, brother guys, could fucking get out of his kids better. And then you fucks try to blame, try to compare me to him. He can't compare to the hair on my one ass, okay? Why not? Don't ever fucking, put, because he's a cocksucker. And you're not though? Didn't you like no, try to cheat on your wife's? Like, you write a, you wrote a check for Stormy Daniels. Who writes a check for a prostitute? It's fucking weird. Well, Why'd you write a check, Donald? Pretty good, man. I you wrote a check to a prostitute, bro. That's a paper trail, bro. You're supposed to leave cash. Your friends didn't tell you this. Well, let me explain you something, buddy. You wrote a check, when you bro. You have over seven billion dollars in the bank. You could do. You could fuck whoever you want. But you wrote a you check. Don't have to for- be, when you have that much money, you don't have to be sitting on the phone 
and talking about me or talking about Joe or talking about whoever you want. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you're just a follower. You will never be a leader. So, I you could, I could probably I probably am. You're right. But I would never write a check for a prostitute and leave a paper trail, to, and then run for president while you have a check that's, with your signature well, for Stormy Daniels. How embarrassing is that? Your wife well, is let pregnant. Me explain. It's crazy. How dumb let can you be, Donald? Damn it! It's not that I'm dumb. See, I'm very smart. The reason okay. why I wrote a fucking check <laughs> is because I want people to know that I fucked her. Yeah, I don't think she wants people to know. Or she didn't at first, oh, yes, but now she, she does. does. Yes, she does. I mean, literally, I don't know. Stormy Daniels got the worst of both worlds, bro. She had to like, she, according to her, your penis yeah. is not is kind of gross. And then, like, literally, you, she wrote. Now she can't work anymore. She literally can't work anymore. She says, yeah, because she so. sucked too much dick. No, because like literally, everybody recognizes her because of you. Well, look, like, do no. you want a president that sucks dick, or do you all want that? Pussy. Which one do you like? I would like a president that gives a living wage. I would like a president that literally uh, gives health care. And I would like a president that has uh, humanitarian fucking uh, blood in him that doesn't fucking expand the wars and take all of our blood and treasure to the Middle East and extract the wealth from the middle class and giving it to the 1% that own more wealth than the bottom 90%. Right, right, right. right. Well, you had Obama for that, but that didn't work. Ah, out. that was good, bro. Okay, you had Obama for that. It didn't fucking work out. Yeah, Obama so, did that shit. Except he expanded the wars to eight, and then he fucking drove struck a wedding, killed American citizens, cut heads of peaceful so protesters at Wall Street. Then he fucking fired people for not having health care, and then he fucking yep. like took the environment, gas Native Americans to Standing Rock, and then fucking like tortured people in Guantanamo Bay, did double taps in Afghanistan, and then WikiLeaks uncovered that he did war crimes. But yep. then, yeah, he was pretty progressive. But thanks but for yeah, being on the show, Donald. Right. I appreciate you. Shit. Thank you for You're having a good sport. me. You're a good sport, man. I like you. I know. That's why you should vote for me, you fuck. I'll never vote for the Republicans or the Democrats. Uh, uh, y'all are my enemies. You're my you're enemies Well, then you'll sure. always be paying $500 per gallon. Okay. Well, I, you know, you're kind of like the cute version of Donald Trump. Like, if Donald Trump really looked like this, probably get more, uh, you know, You'd probably regular fuck people voting for him. I probably would fuck you. I really would. If you look, if Donald yeah. Trump looked like the, like, like, like your cartoon. Well, until you decide Wait, he's, to grow he looks like balls, he looks like Boba. He looks like Jabba the Hutt though in real life. No, oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. you know what? Who cares? <laughs> so until you I know Stor to I know Stormy cared. I know Stormy cared. If you miss some mean tweets yeah. and dollar uh, gas per gallon, yeah, or just vote for the Republican Party. It might change your life. You might. Yeah, I'll never vote for the Republican Party. Because obviously, you're probably driving a Prius or riding a bike. So, like, the thing about the Republican Party is that they don't ever do anything. They are corporatist uh, tools. They literally took a Verizon bill. Verizon asked them to write a bill. They didn't even take the letterhead off of it. They just fucking put it through the house because they're dumb. And it said Verizon on it. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this? Why does it say Verizon? Because Verizon wrote the bill. They're literal toadies to, like, corporations. And with and they, they're, they're fine with it. They're completely fine with that. Why is that? That's right. Why? Why? So, like, would Mitch McConnell, even though Jeff Bezos is like, you know, he's a he's a liberal, would he like still suck Jeff Bezos's dick? Because Jeff Bezos is a corporate corporatist. How how's that Probably work? Probably not. Probably not. I, I don't know. Mitch McConnell is pretty fucking dick suckery. He, he wanted the states to go bankrupt during COVID. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, buddy, I'm gonna go to sleep. 
Donald, hey, you have a great. Hey, come back on the show anytime, bro. I, I, I'm sorry I talk so fast. I'll try to talk slower, man. Like, yeah, I read your book. Water. I read your book, though. It was a good book. Thank you. Are the deal? Thank you. I never wrote my. I never read my book, so I don't know. I know but you didn't you. write it either. But yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Donald. I can't get. I don't know how to get you off. You have to just go because I. I don't know how to. I'm new to this app.